um, that it is the first Sunday of Advent. Anyone excited? Okay, you people I like, you people, there's like two of you. The rest of you, not so much. Um, this is undoubtedly my most favorite time of year. It is something I tell you every year. If you have been here, you have heard me say this. Too bad. You get to hear it again. I love me some Christmas. It is awesome. What happens at Christmas time? Nothing but greatness, right? It's just joy everywhere. You just walk around and you see someone, and you're like, here's some holiday joy. And they're like, oh, thank you. And they're so happy. It's great. You know, every year at um, Thanksgiving, Jenna and I leave on Friday and we leave everybody else behind. And we're like, we are going home because Thanksgiving is dead. It is now time for Christmas. And, um, and we open up with decorating. We, we put the tree up. Uh, on, on Friday, we decorate the inside of the house. Yesterday, exterior illumination went up. And, and let me tell you, I mentioned this at the last service, and, and I will again. Um, this is nothing short of competition, folks. How much you love Jesus is reflected in how many twinkly bulbs you have outside of your house. Now, my block, um, you know, we're, we're throwing the gauntlet down. There was somebody who lives in the next block over um, at the 930 service, and I called him out. And he came up afterwards. He goes, I think you're going to destroy me. I said, I already have with that attitude. Um, and, and so it is about, come on, you got to bring your love for Jesus through twinkly bulbs. It, it is just a great way to tell everyone where you stand, because that's the only way to do it. Um, and, and so, and, and then... Oh, the Christmas songs. Oh, yeah. It's the Bing Crosby radio channel on Pandora 24 hours a day at the Crocker House. Okay, it is just filled with wonderment of merriment songs and and greatness. It is. We walk around whistling. In fact, Jenna was singing a song outside. She was doing something outside. And Corbin goes, Mom, can you switch to a Christmas song? I'm like, yes, that is my son. Yes, there's no other songs right now, honey. It is Christmas and Christmas only. And, And and then. Lifetime Family Network movies. What? Can I get a little whoop for that? Family Channel. Holiday in Handcuffs. Has anyone seen this miracle of movie making? It's Slater from Saved by the Bell, right? You know who I'm talking about? That guy, I can't think of his name, but he, he's, he gets handcuffed and taken away to a family Christmas, and it turns out great. Why? Because everything always does at Christmas. It is fantastic. I, I love this. The movies, the songs, the decorating, just, just the merriment that happens. My house is nothing short of Santa's workshop. You know, we are just on fire. Candy canes. You walk into my house, you will be given a candy cane and some eggnog. Because that's what we do. You know, I, I just, I, I love it so. But then, but then there's the other side that I, I, I'm really not that high on. Um, Anyone been getting inundated with um, emails about the different specials that are going on at stores? Has anyone else been found, like their email has been found by, like, uh, other stores that are out there? I've been getting so many um, pre-Black Friday events. I thought it was just one day. Oh, no. We're starting early. And then all the Black Friday stuff. And, and then, you know, there's a little bit of the small business, but they don't really care about that as much as they do Cyber Monday. You know, Cyber Monday's coming. Buy the best present. And then there's all the commercials that, you know, if you really love your, your, um, your wife, you're going to buy her a Lexus for Christmas and wrap it up in a red bow, you know, because that's the holiday season. And, or if you're more of a Santa guy, you're going to buy a Mercedes because Santa drives Mercedes. And, um, you know, and, and so there's all these different things that are, are bouncing around. And, and, and so my family, we draw names. We, we've, we, we 
have taken an attempt to take the insanity out of this and, and draw names. So both sides of the family, genocide and my side, we, we pick names and you buy for that person. Here's the great thing about it um, is when you draw names, you're really hoping that you get certain people and that certain people get you, right? Okay, there are certain people in my family that you don't want them to get your name because they're horrible gift givers. They're just like so bad. Um, you know, like here's there, we set a, a little spending limit on it and, and you can't go above that limit. And um, but, you know, tap into who the person is. You're just like, hey, man, here's a check. Really? Really? That's what you think of me. Just write a check. I mean, thank you. But really, I don't have to return it. That's nice. Um, but there's that thing. And then there's the, the thing that you want to buy for people. And some people you just don't really want to buy for. And it's not because you don't love them. They're in your family. You have to. It's, it's because that you just like I drew someone in my, my side of the family that um, I love her. I do. I, I really do. But like nothing. I got no connection. You know, I, I mean, she I just I don't know what to do. And I'm already spinning about it. I'm like, oh, this is making my palms are sweating. I don't know. As soon as she opens it, she's going to go. Oh, great. Thanks. Holiday cheer? No. OK. Um, you know, it's going to be just that environment of it. And then Corbin wants the Millennial Falcon for Christmas. Not the Lego version. The real one. He's like, but, but dad, you know, if I put it on my Christmas list, it can happen, right? Well, buddy, um, no, that kind of technology doesn't exist yet. Star Wars, is it real? No. What else isn't? Where's your mother? There's these expectations of them for what happens on Christmas Day, because, you know, what it is, is the secular world, our world, the believer world, whatever. We all are building up to this huge thing. It is just it's a roller coaster now. And now it starts like in October or something. But it just builds and builds and builds and builds till that one day, the 25th, where everybody's kind of disappointed because the expectations were for something better than what actually happened. That's Advent. Not the disappointment side, but the anticipation side. See, the season of Advent is, what Advent means is uh, um, the anticipation of a coming momentous event. In, in biblical times, in the times of Jesus, when, um, when a new king would take over, the way that the new king would come into your territory and let you know that he was now your king was he would have this huge parade of people and camels and, and gold and all kinds of dancers and merriment and stuff like that. And, and you would see it for miles off and you would know that this Advent procession, here comes the new king to tell us, I am your king. Look how amazing I am. See, the season of Advent is our celebration in the Christian um, season's calendar to anticipate the coming of our king. It's, it's to anticipate the coming of the reign of the king of kings. In Isaiah chapter 2, it says this. This is another vision that Isaiah, son of Amoz, saw concerning Judah and Jerusalem. 
In the last days, the temple of the Lord in Jerusalem will become the most important place on earth. People from all over the world will go there to worship. Many nations will come and say, come, let us go up to the mountain of the Lord, to the temple of the God of Israel. There he will teach us his ways so that we may obey him. For in those days, the Lord's teaching and his word will go out from Jerusalem. The Lord will settle international disputes. All the nations will beat their swords into plowshares and their spears into pruning hooks. All wars will stop. The military training will come to an end. Come, people of Israel, let us walk in the light of the Lord. This is a picture. This is Isaiah giving a vision to King Ahab here of what Advent's about. See, here's what's going on. Israel and Judah are separated. There's a couple of kings of Israel. There's um, Ahab of, of Jerusalem, of Judah. And, and what's going on here is the Syrians, who are much bigger than the other two, are taxing them. And the people of Israel, the kings of Israel, are tired of it. And they essentially are going to take some tea and dump it into the Boston Harbor. They're like, look, we're no longer going to take this. We're making a stand. So they send messengers to King Ahab. And they say, look, we're getting taxed. So are you. The Syrians are doing it. It's time that we join forces and stop them once and for all. Or if you don't want to join us, we'll go ahead and fight you and destroy you and then go ahead and take on the Syrians. Which choice? So Isaiah comes and Isaiah says, look. Here's what's going to happen. There will be a time when the temple of the Lord will be greatest among anything. There will be a time when all people, all people, not all Jews, not all Christians, all people recognize the greatness of God. They call upon God to teach them so that they might obey. They come. To learn about the love of God. All people, the Syrians included, the Nazis included, Al-Qaeda included, you pick it, all people. So what Isaiah is essentially saying is, look, there's another choice here. You can choose to trust God. You can choose to see the vision that God has put before you that one day this is going to be the reality. And you can walk in the light of the Lord. So Ahab, being the bright mind that he was, decides to join the Syrians. Hey guys, the kings of Israel are kind of causing a little ruckus. I think we should get together and stomp them. And the Syrians are like, hey, that's a great idea. And they go ahead and stomp the, 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 the kings of Israel. And then they go ahead and turn and stomp on Ahab as well. What Ahab does by not trusting God is he unleashes the Syrian army. And, the, and it just set forward this, set of, this chain of events that was horrendous. He made the wrong step. But the picture didn't change. The vision 
didn't change. The truth that one day the temple of God will be the most important thing anywhere and all people will come, that hasn't changed. See, the thing about it is, the thing about an advent, the thing about this anticipation of a coming momentous event is waiting. Waiting's a big part of it. Waiting takes faith. Faith that even in the circumstances you find yourself, this is still truth. Even if you find yourself in a tough, dark moment, this is still true. At Advent, we celebrate the coming of Jesus the first time, and we look forward to the coming of Jesus the second time. We look forward to the time when he comes and brings restoration to all things. We look forward to the time when those weapons of destruction are replaced by tools of production. We look forward to the time that disease ends, that hunger is no more. Death, where is your victory? That's a picture. That's a warm, cozy fire with a cup of hot cocoa and Bing Crosby singing in the background. That is an image that brings comfort. But sometimes as you're sitting here in the store and you're pushing somebody down, stepping over them to get to the last toy that your child desperately needs. We forget that. The thing about waiting is you can't just sit around. In fact, if you read a little bit further, Jesus says, yeah, there's some stuff you need to do. And what it is that we need to do is we need to walk in the light of the Lord. At the end of this picture, Isaiah says, look, we're looking for this Advent occasion. In the meantime, come walk in the light of the Lord. Okay, now that you all know what that means, see you next week. I think what that means is to hear the commands of Jesus, love God and love others. If you're truly walking in the light of the Lord and you have this image that one day God will bring the kingdom so powerfully that all of this stuff of evil will be gone. As you're waiting for that moment, for the for 100% restoration to happen, you join in the restoration that's going on right now. And you do that by loving God and loving others. You do that by celebrating this season in a way, not just for yourself, a materialistic gain, but to tell other people how much you love them. To tell other people how much God loves them. And I have to tell you, and I'm going to say this, and some of you are going to be offended, but what else is new? Um, the people that say, remember the Christ and must and capitalize the Christ. A sticker isn't going to do it, folks. Those are pointless on the back of cars, especially when you're cutting somebody off in a parking lot to get that space because you have that toy to get. What's going to amount to is us loving others and loving God. Stepping in to the light of the Lord. What it's going to take is to take actions to remind ourselves that one day all people... Even those people that decorate for Halloween, but not for Christmas on your block. Boo. All people will one day recognize the love of God. Man, I don't know what that looks like. I don't know how it's going to happen. Thank goodness, because I would just destroy it. But what I get to do in the meantime 
to love him and love you. And maybe during this season that that means welcoming you into my home and giving you a cup of eggnog and a holiday cheer. But on December 25th, when we celebrate, let's not forget that the season isn't over. Let's not forget that on December 26th, we can stop walking in the light of the Lord because, uh-uh. This is a year-round event. Until he comes back for the second time, this is our life. To take steps to walk in the light of the Lord. One of those steps, one of those tangible ways that we get to experience it is through communion. It's through coming to his table and experiencing this gift of life. And so today, as we celebrate the beginning of Advent, the anticipation of this momentous event, we take a step into the light. And remember, the night he was to be betrayed, he sat around the table with his disciples. He blessed God for the bread and he broke it. He said, take this, eat all of you. This is my body, which is given for you. After supper was over, he raised the cup. So take this drink, all of you. This is my blood, the blood of the new covenant poured out for the forgiveness of sins. As often as you drink this, do so in remembrance of me. And so we come in remembrance of these mighty acts of salvation, of sacrifice. We come in remembrance that it is our job to step into the light of the Lord and accept this gift. As those who are assisting with communion come forward, I would ask if the rest of you would bow and pray with me. Father, we thank you for this gift of life that we are about to receive. We thank you that by the power of your spirit, this will be the body and blood of Christ and that we might be holy and living sacrifices. Bringing the light that we step into here and now into the world of darkness. Remembering that as we anticipate the coming of your kingdom, that it is not just about waiting. It is about moving. And it's about joining you. Today we take that step, God. We thank you and praise you in the name of Jesus. Amen.